Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Being in business with your significant other includes the good, the bad, and the ugly. And not all couples in business thrive from working together. Today's guests, Oscar and Kia Frazier, have successfully navigated building a business together while maintaining a healthy relationship. Together, they founded KO Thought Leaders in order to help couples in business develop structure and strategies that nurture the balance between business and home. Welcome to our show, Oscar and Kia. Thank you so much. No problem. So I know we're definitely going to be talking about some boundary stuff today. But before that, let's let's just give our uh, listeners an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you. I understand when you guys got married, you had something that a lot of people might have considered a, a showstopper happen. Yeah, absolutely. Tell that story. <laughs> Tell it. Okay. <laughs> So we were probably about a day off of our honeymoon. We got married in 2012, had a nice, beautiful wedding, had so many grandiose plans that we were going to, you know, pursue entrepreneurship. And we had this whole structure set aside of how we were going to do it to come out of corporate space. And then on maybe a day after we got back from the honeymoon, I got a phone call and I was let go from my job. Um, I was actually working in the federal space uh, doing marketing and public relations, and Oscar was in the program management space um, in the federal space as well. And so we had these great corporate jobs, you know, and dual incomes. And as soon as we got back from, you know, our honeymoon, it was just like, oh, wow, you know, we got delivered this atomic bomb. So that's what it felt like at the time. And so... You know, we had to really sit down and get very transparent with each other. Our plan got flipped upside down on its head and we had to really think through what do we want to do? I could have easily went out and got another corporate job, but we looked at it as an opportunity for us to start to develop our own business and build our business and grow it. And so, you know, we went through all of the the spells of trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? And we decided that I would go ahead and start building the business, getting everything incorporated and all that good stuff. And while Oscar was still in the corporate space. Yeah. And and, and Denise, um, that was like the the fluffy side of it, the the, the very friendly uh, PG-13 version of it. The other aspect of this, Denise, is as Kaya had gotten let go, probably a few months after that, um, I was on a very, very strenuous and, and stressful project. Um, at that time, I was, I was managing about 147 consultants across the United States. And I got a phone call from the agency. And what they said to me was, look, we have to do some cutbacks. And mm-hmm. I asked them, well, what, what do you mean? Like, how many people are we talking about? And they said, everyone. And they wanted me to get on a call and do this all hands meeting, and let everyone go. But I elected to actually speak to everyone individually. And I spoke to 147 people, very stressful, about two or three weeks um, stint there. Um, and then shortly thereafter that, I was then let go. I got brought into the room. They thanked me for my time and they let me go. And so having to make that phone call, that was not even 90 days after being married, Kai being let go, and then I was let go. 
So we went from a dual income to a single income to no income. Um, and that was all within the first 90 days of being married. That is, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of stress right there. So first I applaud you for making it through that. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, I've seen people just in, in, in moving from one house to another house that it kind of shattered a relationship. So that was that, you know, those are very stressful things that happen. So is this when the idea for KO Thought Leaders was born? So we built in-demand consulting first. Okay. That is the parent company where all of our ideas kind of spawned from. And then after we, you know, built up our, our work and our past performance in the federal space, now we're looking at communicating to couplepreneurs how to, one, be successful in business together and how to alleviate ways, to, you know, stress and everything else that is caused from just being in that relationship having to do business, you know, and not bringing that business back into the household. So this is more of our passion. Absolutely. Um, that we've kind of spawned off of in-demand consulting. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, in, in 2014, all of the stress that, that, that took place from 2012 to 2014, we put into a book and we just wrote about all of our mishaps, all of the mistakes, all of the you know self help because we had no other choice sort of things that we had to go after and, and that that's really what to Kaya's point would would spawn KO thought leaders. Couplepreneurs, Kaya, you said that word. I love it. <laughs> Couplepreneurs, I, I definitely am going to have to use that. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. So, Oscar, tell me about the book you just mentioned. Yes. So our book is is called uh, Confessions: The Truth About Perfect Timing. And the book starts out in the first couple uh, first couple chapters, rather, talking about our wedding and how we had this this, this whole plan. Uh, but then we go into a lot of like uh, great great nuggets, if you will. So if I had to put the book into four phases, this is essentially how we provide training and coaching to other couplepreneurs. And it starts off with about the transparency factor, um, which we had to go through. And then there's there's this uh, more like mathematical sort of scenario that we use called introspective analysis. And we talk a, a lot about that in the book. And that was really our saving grace um, for us to be able to make it through marriage and business. Absolutely. And then the, th the third and fourth is about taking action and then finally celebrating the wins. And so this book is actually broken down in those four spaces, but it's only it's less than 100 pages. Um, oh, you wow. probably get through this book in, in, a, in probably a day. Yeah. And, and once you get through it, though, you've got these nuggets you can use for the rest of your life. So I suspect that that sounds like, uh, to me, it sounds like it would be helpful to couples in business and couples in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's not specifically about business. It's about getting through life together. Getting yeah. through life, right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So let's go ahead and circle back to your, your business, the KO Thought Leaders. So you work with couples Can you that are couplepreneurs. Can you tell me what that might look like? So that first step that we do is about getting transparent, um, having those hard conversations with your, your partner and deciding what direction you want to go in, right? So it comes in the form of like, say, for instance, one of you wants to be an entrepreneur and the other one is okay with, you know, staying in the corporate space, then we have to get transparent. We have to really talk through the details of that and figure out how do we support each other in those endeavors. And so, you facilitate those conversations? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. That's where I was. I was just, I want to know how you kind of facilitate this, the work through this space. Yeah. In some instances, we have some couple entrepreneurs that, that will elect for us to come and be more one-on-one coaching. And then what we also are looking to do here coming up very soon, which we haven't done this part yet, but we want to do is start having these offsites. We're doing like a retreat because we, we've already impacted so many couple entrepreneurs now that it would only make sense for us to start having offsites, retreats to not to where it's not just us telling our story, but it's other couple entrepreneurs telling their stories as well. Um, and so that that's our next natural progression from from what we're doing right now with the one on ones. Nice. Absolutely nice. So tell me, um, you know, as I mentioned, some of some of the people that from my Goldman Sachs alumni group, they were really interested in, you know, hey, how to set boundaries when working with family. So can, can you give us some practical tips on that? So we determined that we both had very complementary skills. Oscar is more on the program management side of the house, and I'm more on the marketing design overall like uh, strategy, I guess you could say, of, of how we get to market or how we sell to market. And so we decided that we were going to take those lanes and stay in those lanes. Now, we have times when we crisscross, but Several times in the beginning, we yeah. have come to the realization that we're both good at what we do. And it works well together. And in order for us to move things forward, we just have to run down our line. And when something crosses over into the other person's line, understanding that that person has the specialty in it and allowing them to make that final decision or that final call on what we're going to do when it goes into different lanes. And and to piggyback off of that, um, one of the things that, which is actually step two of how we do our coaching on the introspective analysis That usually takes the longest amount of time simply because that's really how you're starting to define your lanes, right? Um, If you can kind of bear with me for just one second, if you think about a line on a sheet of paper, you put a a tick right in the very middle of that that line. With that, look at that as being where you are currently in your life. And what we do during these sessions is we go back five years, 10 years, and 15 years, and we have them write out everything that they wanted to do and what were the excuses that caused them not to be able to do it. Right. Um, and that that in itself can take sometimes up to two to three weeks, depending on how granular they want to get. Um, now, the other part that starts to help with you with your lane definition is going to be what we do on the right side of that of that midpoint. And that's the five year project projection, 10 year and 15 year projections. That's what we do at that point. We look at, well, here were the things five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago that caused me not to be successful. But here are the things that I want to do now. I'm going to eliminate those those excuses, if you will. What that does is it helps me to really understand, am I really a marketing person or am I more on the operations side? And once you have done that, that's when those lanes are clearly defined. It's really difficult if you try to do this only in your mind, meaning like Oscar thinks he does it good this way. But if we've never looked at how I failed before, what were my problems and gaps before, it's kind of difficult for me to kind of self impose what my role should be in a couplepreneur sort of uh, journey. So that that was a difficult step for us. But when we first went through it, we really, we didn't have the name introspective analysis. We just were kind of doing it between 2012 and 2014. And then we coined the phrase once we actually um, went through it. You know, that's very interesting, a very unique way of, of doing this. A lot of coaches, consultants, advisors, they really focus on your future goals, you know, your three, your five, your 10 years out. 
you're the first person I've heard that says, hey, we're going back and looking for patterns, looking for things that show up as your strengths or your weaknesses. So I'm kind of impressed with that. Great, great. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. So Introspective much. analysis. So I suspect that this would also work for, again, you know, leaders who are in leadership roles, figuring out, you know, do I need to hire a marketing person? Do I need to hire a business development? What's my skills? Because a lot of times, you know, I'm not a solopreneur. I have employees, but I find myself doing all those things from time to time. So that's interesting. Okay. Who's your ideal client? So our ideal client is couples, partners that are looking at going into entrepreneurship and don't know exactly how to do so, or they have things that are holding them back, right? We like to call it sometimes the safety net. Like you have that nine to five that pays all the bills and you're stressed out and worried about letting that go in order to take the leap and, you know, just take that risk in yourself and investing in yourself and your own endeavors. So our ideal, ideal, uh, I can't get the word out. (laughs) Ideal customer would be someone that is teetering around entrepreneurship or is already taking that leap into entrepreneurship and now finds themselves kind of in this whirlwind and trying to figure it all out, right? I I tell you another interesting group or client base that that we have found ourselves supporting a lot are also those that have not been successful the first go around, Mm -hmm. right? Perhaps they have opened up a small, you know, restaurant or bodega, whatever they may have, you know, set up. And then, you know, they just have failed. Perhaps it was a family-owned business. I mean, then they come to us and they say, look, you know, we had all this money. We had an inheritance. We put it into this business. It failed within the first couple of years. And now everyone is awry. What do we do now? You know, and that is where we like to talk to those people as well, just because it, 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 it's reality. You know, um, someone that comes to us has already got a successful business that just wants to get better. We can certainly help them, no doubt about it. But to Kai's point and also to the groups that have been unsuccessful, we'd like to talk to them as well to help. Okay. And that makes perfect sense, you know, because if you've tried a business once and, you know, are back into it, you've clearly got that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, And and you guys have owned multiple businesses. Is that correct? That is correct. We have. That's correct. Okay. And can you tell me about some of those? Sure. So on the in-demand consulting side, um, on the parent company, we actually are um, global crisis management experts. We support the United States Agency for Global Media, where we are focused in on countering violent extremism. We're currently on project number 10 across the continent of Africa. So we just finished one over the weekend in Goma, which is a part of the Congo, um, the the Democratic Republic of the Congo and and Africa. And so what that does for us is it teaches us how to be more strategic in our communication and our training. So there's that part of of in-demand consulting. The other aspect is um, I'm actually a very, uh, I'm a data analytics geek. Um, and so my, my background is artificial intelligence and data analytics and stuff. So we also have a robotic process automation arm of in-demand consulting. And then here, lastly, over the last 90 days, uh, we just bought a, 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 um, a mat truck and we're in the trucking and logistics business as well to where we have a, a long-term contract in Charlotte that, that's, that's doing trucking now as well. I love it. I love it. In Charlotte, you said? 
Charlotte, North Carolina. That's correct. Oh, yeah. I used to live there. <laughs> yeah, we, we did small as well. World, yeah. Small world. I is from Charlotte. <laughs> I'm a native. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just moved from there last September. I, I love Charlotte, but I wanted to be closer to my family. So, but yeah, Charlotte is a trucking hub. So that that's a wise location for it. Very wise. So you are diversified, very diversified. Any advice you can give to other business owners uh, if they wanted to create a model like that? Absolutely. Um, One is be careful about over planning. You know, the the, the analysis paralysis is a real thing. And in in my uh, background, I actually just we just wrote a wrote a, um, a small white paper it's probably about maybe 90 days ago or so, just on that, about, about analysis paralysis and how you'll get so caught up in the minutia of trying to figure out what to do and how you make all of these plans. And then it all changes the moment the first step doesn't work as you had planned. And now what do you do? So I sell that to say this, you got to take the leap. You really have to jump out there, get at least a notional plan down. Um, most real entrepreneurs will tell you that, Spending a lot of time on a fancy business plan and all those steps can sometimes be damaging because now you've overplanned, you're now exhausted, and you really don't have the energy to actually build the business. It also can cause you to panic, right? So when you get in and, and something comes out of the blue that you weren't planning for or you didn't see or you know have something ready for, it'll catch you off guard and it causes you to um, just go into this like, worryation of like, oh, wow, this is not what I planned for and stuff like that, which can be chaotic and can also cause a lot of issues in business. So, um, yeah, don't plan to plan to plan to plan. That's what we say. <laughs> Get down something notional and then take the leap. Was it was it Mike Tyson that said everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Absolutely. And, 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 and that, that's exactly what that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what entrepreneurship is. is. You've got a huge plan. And the first time the funding doesn't happen or that first client doesn't pay you what you thought you were going to make, everything goes haywire. So yeah, you just, just, just jump out there. Or, or they pay 120 days when you thought it would be 60. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is you need a business plan to get funding for startup. However, I will be honest with you. I have never had a business plan for any of my businesses. I'm largely an operations person, but counterintuitive to that, I'm really good at switching on the fly. It's something I had to learn though. It didn't come to me naturally. It did not come to me naturally. Holy here you, Denise. Um, one of the things that we didn't mention, we had, we owned a restaurant in Charlotte for about three years. And when, that was the only business plan we had, had actually wrote. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is we had planned the business plan to have a 5,000 square foot restaurant. It was going to be, you know, a certain type of food cuisine. And when we actually got the restaurant, it ended up being 12,000 square feet, Yikes. totally different cuisine, and it failed. <laughs> so, so all that to say, you know, yeah, business plans are, are good, you know, for, for, for the net net, for more so cursory level planning, for funding, uh, to your point. But after that, you really have, it's, it's going to be some trial and error yeah. to really build that business. And don't be afraid of failure, right? Failure is not really failure. It's just you're learning Absolutely. that, okay, this doesn't work. I need to go about this a different way. So, you know, it's all those elements that make entrepreneurship fun. It's, it's a roller coaster, but it's, when you succeed and when you actually have something that is thriving, it just makes it more enjoyable. Absolutely. Yeah, clearly you guys are not afraid of jumping in because restaurant 
ownership is one of the riskiest businesses out there. It sure Absolutely. is. And, and Charlotte has a very strong restaurant scene. Yes. That it does. <laughs> so, yes, um, definitely. So what other words of advice would you like to leave with our listeners? Anything more about boundaries? Maybe something about taking work on vacation? Do you guys do that? We, okay, so I'll be honest. There, there is no such thing as work-life balance, right? Everybody tries to use that, but when you're an entrepreneur, yeah, doesn't really exist, right? So we've decided that we set cutoff points every day. We will get these tasks accomplished by this time, and then once we hit that time, okay, it gets pushed to the next day. And we do our best not to bring work into the bedroom, not to bring, we try not to bring it on vacation, but we talk about it. It's natural. You're going to, but we try to set aside time that is just our time in order for us to do what we want to do, be us and just enjoy each other as a couple. Two two things I'd like to to, to mention. One of them is around celebrating the wins. And and when you're on this journey with whether it's a couple or by yourself, what have you, if, if, if you set goals, big goals only, what happens is when that goal doesn't happen, you feel like it's a failure, right? I think that there needs to be many milestones, many steps along the way that affords you the opportunity to truly celebrate the many wins. That is going to lead you to the big wins. And it also, if you're in a couple scenario, it helps you to to remain as friends, right? That's the second part of my advice is to recognize that your partner and your business and in your relationship need to be separate. Um, the mistake that I made in the very beginning, being having a program management background, is that I was trying to be a manager to my wife. And that was a big mistake. And so now you find yourself trying to figure out on the intip- intimacy level and on the all the other levels, it's like, how do you transition? So the best advice I can give is to be sure that you separate the two. Remember that you're friends and you're married first beyond any business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great, great advice. Great advice. So how can our listeners find you after the podcast? Sure. So they can actually go to our website. Um, it is kothoughtleaders.com. So that's K as in Kilo, I'm O, Oscar, um, <laughs> thoughtleaders.com. And those like to text message, you can always send us a text as well. You can just text the word business to 678-672-1444. Can you repeat that number? Sure. Uh, text the word business to 678-672-1444. Okay. And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Well, Oscar and Kia, it has been such a pleasure to have you today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. We appreciate you as well. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.